Yes? Can we confirm? You should know yeah. this by now. It is 165. All right, 165 of the entire game podcast. My name is Zach, and today I'm joined by Pat. Ahoy, ahoy, everybody. Chance. What it do. And Rick. Rick. If this is your first time tuning in, though, welcome. We're a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. So sit back, relax, get ready to level up your gaming knowledge as we discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, and impressions, and we talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows. I, on my Instagram algorithms, for some reason, are seeing more people do, like, fancy dress stuff, and there's this guy who shows you how to do really cool tie knots. So what's your favorite kind of tie knot? Triple Windsor. I think the only one that I can do, which is, I believe, the, the Windsor? If, if you're not Triple Windsoring, you're, you're not living. Triple, triple Windsor? The Triple Windsor, yep. That's like techniques, the fuck? Yeah, there's whole different, like, tie knot techniques. Well, I I've, like I've seen videos. Chance, Chance likes the clip-ons. No, I just wear the shirt with the tie. It's part you of the... the shirt with the picture of the tie on. Yeah. <laughs> I like there's this because I like to wear scarves. So he shows a uh, type of um, scarf knot that's just a pretzel knot, and it just looks really cool. Never once seen him wear a scarf. I just wear scarves when it's cold. I have a whole, I have a whole. He would scarce scarf here full of scarves. Put one on right now. Prove it. He does it to trick. He does it to trick Wait, non non soccer scarves. To trick who? Who is he tricking? Like people like Michael. With scarves? That looks like a Zach dish knows towel. what I'm talking about. That's a dish towel. That's, that's, that's a regular very towel. long dish towel. <laughs> this is not a dish towel. This is a scarf. That's, that's a pasmina. It's a what? <laughs> I don't know. Excuse I heard it was. me? <laughs> Alright. Well, while you guys talk about your other types of knots, I'm going to try to tie this pretzel knot. Guys, you have to tie it. I guess we can talk I about what we're done talking play. about knots. No one else is yeah. going to continue talking Let's about knots. Continue talking about it. All right. Casey said, I take responsibility. I told him what a pashmina is. So you've just learned no, what this is. And you've decided to use it. You're, I picked it you're a fucking her. child. You're a child. Well, I mean, it proves I'm listening to her. So, yeah. you know, I, I take that as an absolute win. Anyway, this week, uh, whatever. <laughs> this week we'll be discussing the PlayStation State of Play. But first, what have you been playing? Um, we'll get Chance involved early. So Chance, we'll start with you. Um, did you guys see here his side? I, uh, <laughs> I did download Persona Three. I haven't played it yet. Persona Three Reload. I haven't started playing it yet. I have it downloaded. Um, Cyberpunk needed a a download as well, or well, an update. I don't know why, but um. Also, I'm sorry, is this what have you downloaded? Or what have you been playing? <laughs> what have you been downloading? You know what? How do you not know I'm playing it right now? <laughs> you shouldn't be. <laughs> We're doing a pod. You're not. So, um, I've been, I plan on playing that very, very, very soon. Probably like, you know, right now. <laughs> but um, I've also just been playing the normal stuff. You know, League of Legends. Uh, I haven't touched played Power World yet. Um, stuff I have been playing. Um, Boulder's Gate. I've actually been playing a good amount of Boulder's Gate 3. Um, and yeah, I mean, not a lot of stuff going on with me right now. Um, I do, Like I said, I have a game in, in the waits, Persona 3, so I'm going to be playing that right now. And, I have um, a game in the waits. Okay, and then, um, okay, Rick, what about you? 
Okay, uh, this is going to be a minute. Um, I am excited about Persona 3, but I'm going to wait till March. Um, so I've been playing some Marvel Snap. Uh, played some Donkey Kong Country on the uh, Switch, because I've never beaten Donkey Kong Country. So I've been playing it on the uh, virtual console, and I think I'm getting pretty close to the end. Um, so pretty excited about that. Um, also on the Switch, been playing Star Ocean Second Story R. Put a few more hours into that. Still so fun. Um, it's a really good JRPG. Um, picked up my laptop. I played some golfy, which mm. you know is uh, the the golfing roguelite uh, that was given to me a couple years ago. It's still a lot of fun to play. Not too much has cha have changed. I think they put like a little easy mode in there, but I'm used to playing the hard mode, so I just play hard mode. Okay. Other than golfy, I. Uh, my buddy, apparently his friends have been making a game that they're <laughs> releasing on Steam, but they just released a demo. It's called Little Known Galaxy. So I've been playing some of that, and it's been actually a lot of fun. It's almost like uh, Stardew Valley in space. You have a whole crew, and you get to know them. And you have little tasks you need to do. So, so far, like, I don't know, the graphics, the graphics, it's a little, like, 2D side-scroller, but everything looks pretty smooth, and it's been fun so far. Played a little bit of Pal World. Like I downloaded it, I got out of the cave and I'm started doing some of like the first immediate missions. Like as soon as you start playing it, uh, but not much more than that because I keep getting distracted by Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> so I've been playing more Baldur's Gate three. I'm on Act three now. Um, doing a bunch of Act three stuff, uh, finding some stuff that I'm not quite ready for, but uh, it's I'm getting the game a little bit more. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, beat it. Fairly soon, uh, probably in March. Speaking of March, I know I mentioned that twice now. It is February. So it this is. is what else I've been playing, because February, if you guys are long term listeners, is our achievement war. Um, I didn't talk about it too much last year until the end because Pat forgot about it. So last year I won the achievement <laughs> war as well as not slow news. Not slow, not, not slow news, but as well as uh, you won all of the titles. I won. I won a lot of stuff last year. What was out la last year? There's like so much out that like I was focusing on the new stuff too. Yeah, I think Hogwarts might have gotten you. Is that oh February? fuck yeah, yeah. God, that was forty hours wasted. Yeah. So I uh, pulled the rug out from underneath Pat for the first year ever last year. So I'm decided to start off on a bit of a strong foot this year. I noticed around like 11 p.m. Thursday night. Like it turned into February via Xbox time. So that's when <laughs> I just started. So let's start off with uh, Frog Detective, the entire mystery. Honestly, it, it was uh, not very long. A lot of achievements. Uh, the dialogue, though, it's very dialogue heavy. It was pretty hilarious. Like Frog Detective has, uh, I want to say a vendetta, but he really doesn't like books. <laughs> so much mm. so the developer like steps in and you see like a little... You know, avatar of the developer being like, this is like, this is not, it's not reflect us at all. Bet, and then you... like it cuts to the end of a speech and he's like, yeah, books are fucking stupid. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a fun little romp. And uh, hopefully anybody else who wants to participate in the achievement war would, you know, maybe want to play it. Um, Let's go to Paw Patrol, Mighty Pups Save Adventure Bay. This is, that was a fun one. Not really. I'm kind of disappointed in myself for even mentioning that on the podcast, but I did beat a Paw Patrol game, um, and I'm probably going to go back and clean up. Playing all, all right, that let's move on to... 
Let's move on to a short hike, which is about a bird named Claire. Did Zach just hiking. leave? No, I don't my know. camera keeps disconnecting for some reason. Everybody's See, having I'm not camera the only issues. one. <laughs> it is Friday the 13th. It's a bird climbing up a mountain. That's about it. Um, there's Maquette, which is actually pretty neat. Um, I basically, that. there's you played it. Yeah, I played it when it came out on PlayStation Plus like two years ago as like their debut game. It's okay. It it's trying to be like a a super deep relationship based game, but I don't think the puzzles are anywhere near as good as some of these other puzzle games. So. No, basically, I don't. I'm, I guess I've been kind of skipping all of the uh, cutscenes. So yeah, it, to it me, has, it's just a puzzle uh, game. Bryce Bryce Dallas Howard as the the lady. Really? Mm-hmm. And the guy is somebody, like an actor too, but no, nowhere near as famous as Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've just been doing the puzzles in there. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I've been playing a little bit of Close to the Sun. Uh, I played probably about a half hour of that one. I'm going to get back into it. It's a first-person um, Weird, kind of almost like Bioshocky, but there's no way they can live up to Bioshock. Um, but you're uh, seemingly on a, a boat that's driven by Nikola Tesla. I don't know. It's it's strange, um, but it seems pretty slow paced. Walk through, solve a puzzle or two through. So I'm going to go back to that one. And um, I started playing Somerville. Which apparently is, yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be super good, but it also seems pretty short and much like what like yeah. Limbo, go back and clean up it's, achievements pretty easy. It's trying to be like a, a Limbo or an Inside because it's it's literally it's by uh, Jump Ship, right? Yeah, and they they jumped ship from Play Dead to start their own developer, and then the other side of that was like two people jump ship and one of them started a studio to make Somerville and the other started a studio to make cocoon. Uh, Somerville came out last year. Cocoon came out this year. Um, so, or not this year, 2023, but uh, I, I definitely think the, the gameplay talent went over to um, make uh cocoon and they did a really good job with that. And they did a really amazing job with the, like the storytelling and stuff. Uh, Somerville is is like the Zack Snyder of this those crew. type of games. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of style, not a lot of substance, but it's yeah, you'll get a lot of achievements for sure. Yeah, it seems right for the achievement war. Um, so trying to think of anything else I played in the past day and a half. Um, but that is about it. So get ready for a lot of random, random games. Uh, going to be talked about the next few weeks because it's the achievement war. Zach is in second right now, 300 gamer score, which is 300 ahead of Pat. I have not turned so, on my Xbox this month. This is I've been two days into this month. Keeping tabs. I just, I just <laughs> want, I just, Rick, I just want you to know that I don't want you to perceive me as a threat. Those 300 points are completely accidental, <laughs> and I don't plan on competing are. in this in the future. <laughs> they usually are. Like, um. So yeah, uh, let the games begin. And Pat, what have you been playing? Yeah, so I have not been playing too, too much. Uh, played some Cyberpunk, got more into... I wanted... I have, like, 
this idea of going back and playing Phantom Liberty and going and experiencing cyberpunk all over again. It's just after putting 40 hours into it when it came out, it's a little hard to kind of get back into that mindset. I'm very much of a, I am, I've, I've played the game. I've beat like a it. One and done. I'm not going to go. Yeah. I'm like, it's a, it's a set package. There's very few games I go back to and play multiple times over. Uh, for example, the Mass Effect series, the Witcher series, the Bioshock series, things like that. So things that are like huge staples that are like <clears throat> genre defining games like that. And especially with the amount of games coming out today, it's definitely not a thing I do often. Um, so I'm definitely not going to go back and like replay the whole campaign or anything. But uh, I was able to copy over my V from my Xbox save because they added the the cross save functionality and all of that. I finally got into the the meat of the campaign where it's like, okay, you've you've went through the introductory stuff, and now we want you to go find uh, Idris Alba's character, who is Solomon Reed. Um, wait, I can get a dime bag at Old Tangent King. <laughs> uh, he Zabe's on his way to Old Tangent King uh, in the chat there. Um, but yeah, it's it, it seems interesting. I don't know how long. It'll keep my attention, but it was definitely fun. It's just a lot to throw at you. It feels like I'm like relearning the game, but I don't have uh, like the uh, the opening section of that game to kind of reacquaint myself. I was immediately thrown into combat and all of that, so um, it's it's fun. But I don't know if I will stick with it in the long run. Um, I did not play Baldur's Gate in the last two weeks because these butt wipes did not. Uh, well, actually, I, t- I guess technically I did play it in the last two weeks. Uh, that was the incident where uh, Chance, I could not let Thievery slide. Go if you had checked oh, that was out hilarious. Our, our, our stream there. <laughs> so, uh, and then last week uh, they were being butt wipes and didn't play. So I ended up playing Cyberpunk. I wasn't Cyberpunk. even in the city. I was in Cincinnati. That's not an excuse. It's a perfectly valid reason. You should be ashamed of yourself. Cincinnati's still in the United uh, States. <laughs> when does it end? It's actually still in you Ohio. You have a laptop? Yeah, I'm not... I didn't bring it with me. It's your fault. Besides that, I've been playing some Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. That is a really fun Metroidvania. I, it seems like they took a lot from Metroid Dread, or I guess it was in development a while, but um, it, it's very much in the style of Metroid Dread, but like a very uh ubisoft ification of that where it is like a little bit more colorful and like you know um more story based more cutscenes, things like that so uh, i am liking it i i definitely want to play some more of it uh i got it on switch uh because i think i talked about this last week they don't have any xbox physical copies of that like anywhere i went to so uh i ended up getting a switch it's still 60 fps on switch so that's fine uh it looks great on the oled screen and now it is mobile, so I can play wherever. Um, and then the last game I played, uh, I guess we'll talk about here. Um, technically, it's going to be part of our topic of show, but this is what have you been playing, and I did play it. So uh, I downloaded Silent Hill, The Short Message, which was a stealth drop from the PlayStation State of Play. Uh, this is a Konami-led uh, Silent Hill-like side story, and it was it's free to play. So they stealth dropped it. You could download it, and it was a short, like, two-hour experience. Um, You are playing as Anita, who is called to this, like, uh, old apartment building that's, like, abandoned uh, in this town in Germany um, by her friend Maya. 
and she's trying to find Maya, but she can't. And this abandoned uh, apartment complex, a lot of teenagers have committed suicide off the the roof by jumping off. So uh, that's a little backstory. I don't want to go into spoilers or anything, but I will say it is very predictable. I I'm like, are they are they going this direction? Because if they go this other direction, that would be a much better like twist or whatever. But they ended up going the obvious direction and uh, acting like voice acting is not great either. And the mechanics, it's it's very much a narrative uh, like horror game where you're just walking around exploring an environment. But occasionally they do have these chase sequences uh, where this monster is chasing you. But the last chase sequence, they add a bunch of mechanics well, not a bunch of mechanics. They had one annoying mechanic that you have to do five times, but the game never explains this to you. Any, any like, you know, it should be game development 101 that it's like, okay, if you're going to add, if you're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink for this last section of this chase sequence, you should be slowly adding more to each chase sequence instead of just having him all be, you're just, you're just running around uh, in, in a, like a kind of a circle, but like a maze basically. In this last chase sequence, you're running in a maze, but then you have to interact with these five objects to do this thing, and they never once explain that. So it took like it was like a minute and a half of me wandering this maze. I'm like, why isn't this section over yet? Usually these sections are, you know, over pretty quickly, but then it turns out you had to interact with this thing and it was kind of annoying. But yeah, story's not great. Gameplay mechanics fall short of like actually being uh interesting. Um premise was in uh like an, a cool idea based on how they did it but then they kind of dropped the ball in terms of where the narrative was headed and voice acting wasn't great either so based on if that is the quality of silent hill games going forward i am i'm very hesitant with silent hill f now um which is the other silent hill like one in japan that kind of was announced at the same time as all of these silent hill projects so uh i was very disappointed with it um, I do like the fact that it was a short, you know, downloadable stealth drop. That's cool. Always support that. That's that's a great and, you know, perfect length, I think, for a, a horror game. Two hours, just one evening. Um, you can kind of get through it, but it it, it it ultimately fell short of my expectations and I did not care for it. If I had to rate it on our uh, scale from one to ten, I would probably go like a three or a four. Like it's not it's probably not worth your time, which is, which is saying a lot because it's only two hours. So, um, but that is pretty much all I've been playing. Zach, what about you? Uh, yeah. So I've, I've dumped most of my time into uh pal world and, uh, Zabe is vindicating me for not being able to stream on Tuesday because he hears that Cincinnati doesn't have the internet. So there was nothing I could do about it anyway. So, Ha. Mobile data. Nah, we ain't gonna waste. We ain't, we ain't gonna waste our data on this. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I've been dumping most of my time into a pal world. Uh, I'm like split up between like three different worlds, so I've had to like restart several times, um, which is kind of shitty, but it is what it is. I've really enjoyed it. It's really fun. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's Minecraft and Pokemon with guns and mild slavery your pokemon or pals i guess <laughs> yeah i made my character and i exited and i left the cave and then i started like getting sticks or something like that and i got distracted by something else i think i was waiting for 
Baldur's Gate update or something. And then I went yeah. right back. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, like the early part of the game is like there's not much going on. It's like once you can start like crafting like actual weapons, like bow and arrows, and like actually go out into the world and start searching for pals and stuff is when it starts getting fun. The initial part is just kind of like getting used to the game, just like any game is. But I've I've really enjoyed it. So it was fun. Outside of that, I've been playing a lot of chess. Um, we're on like a. I can actually tell you right now. Proud of this. I'm on a 334 day streak of playing chess. So we're pushing the year long. We're pushing the year long. Did you say weird? Yeah. Why is that weird? It's a weird thing to do. Well, we're pushing. We're pushing the year long. Um, thing. Power World does let you cheat. It does. In one of the worlds, um, that I'm in with my buddies, we just like cranked up like the XP rate. We cranked up the yeah exact yes we did that yeah Zave said you can adjust the server to do everything faster that's exactly what we did so we didn't want to sit there grinding the whole time so we just cranked everything up the rate of everything turned our stamina down all that kind of stuff so we've just been we've just been getting after it so that's been fun I uh, can't wait for it to be out of early access but even still right now it's always fun then playing chess Fortnite FIFA or I guess EA FC. Um, played a little bit of the finals, and then I've gotten back into Mario Kart. So played some Mario Kart. So yeah, Good that's job. it. That's all I've been playing. Um, yeah, so that's everything. So uh, some housekeeping stuff. Uh, we are streaming on Twitch, as always, every Tuesday. We try to, and then we're doing the podcast here. Um, if you want to keep tabs um, with us more this month, Rick and Pat have their Achievement War that's going on that he mentioned. Um, Yep, if you want to follow me, my uh, my gamer tag is Tugpod Rick. There you I go. Don't think I, I made that specifically for the podcast. So like, yeah, so check friend me check in on it. Yeah, check it. Check out all the games that uh, Rick's playing. Shoot him a message and ask him if the game is good or not. And if it's worth playing, they usually are they're, not They're Yeah, they're, they're they're typically not good. But if you're in an achievement war with your friend, uh, feel free to uh, keep your tabs on Rick and then play the games he's been playing. Um, and our uh, fantasy critic draft stuff has already occurred. Uh, we did that last week or last pod. I can already tell this year is going to be more competitive just on the way everybody's moving and grooving in their respective fantasy teams. So I mean, I'm still going to win, but I love a challenge. You're not going to win. Um, I'm going to win. Nah, you're not. Gonna. The reign of terror, quote unquote, will end. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you can keep. You can keep tabs on that. You can uh, search the uh, Tug Pod Fantasy League on Fantasy Critic, and you can follow it and keep tabs on what we're doing there. What's the news? What's the news? Not slow news. So yes, that's everything. So we're going to hop into Not Slow News uh, 2.0. So this is where we discuss the last couple weeks of video game news. Uh, It's not super fast. It's not slow either. So the first thing we're going to be talking about is the Deus Ex game that was canceled. Fuck you, Embracer Group. Like, what the fuck? So, Pat is. Fuck you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Pat is sharing the sentiment that most people are sharing about Embracer Group. So, if you're not familiar with Embracer Group, they're a Swedish holdings company who, back in 2021, started a slew of playing Hungry Hungry Hippos with the video game development world and bought. A bunch of video game companies um 
and or developers and stuff, and stuff like that. Um, and in the more recent years or two, they've been having cancellations and layoffs of projects and studios and, and stuff of that nature. And Deus Ex, which was in development by Eidos Montreal, um, is the latest casualty of this cancellation and stuff like that. So it was, so the Deus Ex game was an untitled and unannounced game that was in pre-production. It had been in pre-production for two years and was supposed to enter production this year, uh, like later on in the year. That An anonymous source told Bloomberg that that was going to be the case. Um, Embracer Group decided to cancel that project, and Eidos Montreal is also going to be laying off 97 people across their development teams, administration, and their support services. Um, in 2021, or starting in 2021, Embracer Group bought the likes of Gearbox, who are the developer of Borderlands. Uh, they bought Aspir Media, who we talked about doing a lot of Star Wars remasters. Aspire. Aspire, sorry. Um, I feel like we had that conversation before. <laughs> like It looks mm-hmm. like Aspir, and it sounds... It should. I feel like it should be pronounced that way. But regardless, uh, Aspire. Um, they also bought uh, 3D Realms. They bought Ghost Ship Games. They bought Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal. Um, in August 2022, they bought the rights uh, to Lord of the Rings franchise. Um, and then there was a $2 billion partnership that was kind of like, oh, hey, Embracer Group's going to do this really big deal. And people were like, oh, who's it going to be with? And that fell through. And then it came to light in, I think it was like October of last year, or it could have been August of last year, that it, the partnership was actually going to be with Savvy Games Group which is backed by uh, the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, or PIF, which is led by Crown, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, a very infamous uh, investment group um, or investment fund. It's basically just the fund of Saudi Arabia, essentially. You'd basically be in partnership with the entire country. Um, and the failure to secure that deal kind of led to the wave of layoffs and shutdowns that happen. Because when you have, when you plan on having $2 billion and then you don't have $2 billion, something has got to, got to give there. So since then, Embracer Group shut down THQ Nordics, uh, studio Campfire Cabal in June of last year. Uh, I think it's pronounced Plyon or Plyon Studios. Uh, Volition was shut down in August. Free Radical Design was shut Fun down fact. in it's December. called Play On, and uh-huh. when they announced it was called Play On, they're like, it sounds exactly how it's spelled. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like that. So. Um, they could have made that a little easier on the likes of me. Um, and then if you kind of look by November of last year, they had, they had laid off, uh, Embracer did, laid off 904 employees. It was roughly 5% of their workforce, and they had canceled at least 15 projects. Um, and now Eidos Montreal's cancellation of the new Deus Ex game is, and their layoff of 97 employees is the latest in that slew of cancellations. And there's going to be more because right now they're still like $1.5 billion in debt. Um, so they're really not in a good place. But when you play yeah, Hungry Hungry Hippos, it's bad. So all that, all that's bad. But fucking, how do you cancel a day? De- they didn't, they didn't shut down the studio. They, they no, did they lay didn't. off a bunch of people. But how do you cancel a Deus Ex game when you know 
this is first of all from the studio that just won a game award in 2021 for best writing for guardians of the galaxy like you know they do a good job not everything can be a, a commercial success yes but based off the, like the word of mouth of that game their next game obviously is going to get a little boost and you need those critical darlings when you have a sea of crap with thq nordic and like all this other shit that you've gotten so why would you like it was honestly the worst possible purchase for square enix to to sell their studios to embracer and not only uh edis montreal but crystal dynamics is now owned by them too and then uh square enix something else square uh, enix montreal is owned by them as square, well. yeah which they already kind of shuttered right mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's just bullshit and like this is the one game that would have made you a lot more money than like destroy all humans three remastered or whatever. And yes, it's going to take you a little bit more budget to make a game like this, but this is a studio that knows what they're doing. So I don't know. It, it's just stupid leadership doing stupid things and fuck you for canceling a Deus Ex game. I've been asking for this. God. Yeah. So I guess what this means is then like, if if that game well since that game has been canceled before it even hit pre-production or before it hit production is there like hope that you could get a deus ex games even remotely close in the do you future? think like the ips like, will be released at some point yeah that's what i'm saying like responsible could pick them up yeah like that's what i'm saying because like, obviously they're not going to make it so would the ip get sold i mean i would else? rather them try to sell the studio now because remember they only bought them for 300 million for three talented studios right. and if they're if they're struggling and they're like hey we haven't really released a game and you know these three studios are our most recent purchase we haven't really absorbed them into our work culture yet maybe they should be the first in the chopping block and then you know fucking ea uh ubisoft xbox playstation anybody would do a better job with these studios than embracer and what square edix was doing at the time too so um I think that's the only way. I feel like if you cancel a game that early for a franchise, you're not confident in that franchise's potential. Um, maybe they're they're focusing on licensed games and they're like, okay, we're, we want you to fast track Guardians 2 because that actually has like the IP behind it. And, you know, you guys, the first Guardians was a great game. Gameplay, not the best, but it was still a great fucking game. Um, it was so much so fun. So I think they can they can build on that. I, you can always add gameplay elements. I think that's kind of harsh on Guardians too. I think the gameplay was perfectly fine. I thought the, I thought the gameplay was good. Perfectly but, fine, but nothing special. Like that yeah, was the weakest like, part of that game. Just like gameplay is the weakest part of Alan Wake two. Alan Wake two, our fucking tuggy game of the year for twenty twenty three. With an asterisk. With an asterisk. There's no asterisk. No. Yes, there it is. Was, <laughs> it was a hundred percent of the vote. Um, but yeah, like it's. I don't it's it's stupid and I think they're making terrible decisions. What do you think is more likely they or if either of them are just unlikely? They sell the IP or they sell the studio or neither would happen. Um you would probably want to sell the IP first, but I feel like and I, I I don't know, with this economy you never know cuz that studio is a cost for you cuz you have to pay all those people, you have to pay like you know insurance and all of that stuff. So maybe, you know, 
if they're not going to release a game and they don't have the IP or, you know, if you're trying to, cause I think most of the reason they bought the studios was because they got the IP of JSX. They got the Tomb Raider IP and all of this. And if that's not working, then I think you get rid of the studio with it. Um, then again, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a businessman. I'm not an investor. So. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of rough, obviously. It's just unfortunate because Deus Ex, at least amongst this podcast, is a beloved franchise. Um, yeah, it seriously, is go, play, oh, yeah. go play Human Revolution. Go play Mankind Divided. Both phenomenal games. Hey, play so. the original. It's like on Steam for like maybe 10 bucks. Even Invisible War. I know a lot of people did not care for Invisible War. I thought it was a great game for the time. It's like a legendary IP. Right. So it's just it's just unfortunate. So yeah. So uh, and again, I uh, can't stress this enough that this probably won't be the last time we talk about Embracer Group um, in the near future, uh, either laying off employees or shutting down studios or just canceling projects in general, um, because that's what they've been doing for the last six months or so to kind of make up for the debt that they have. Um, so it is something to kind of just keep in mind um, that this will be something that comes up again in the future. But we move on. Uh, we move to some Nintendo Switch 2.0 rumors. So the rumors are swirling that the Switch 2.0 will sport an 8-inch LCD screen. Uh, Omdia analyst Hiroshi Hayase, uh, who is an individual who conducts research based on company supply chains of, quote, small and medium displays, uh, shared this information in Tokyo last Friday in a story that was picked up by Bloomberg. Um, Hayase also suggested the following, that the Switch 2.0 will release in 2024 and that Nintendo aims to manufacture over 10 million units by the end of the fiscal year 2025, which would be March 2025. Um, which would mean that like a late year launch in 2024 should have like a lot of volume as far as like units that are made. Right. Just because if they're planning on like with that fiscal year being like that deadline of March or whatever, like you should think that if like a holiday launch of the switch would mean there's going to be a high volume of them available. I mean, ideally, you you got to plan for this anyway, even if you have a launch in March, you should be planning for that the year before. So I I think they're going to try and make as many as they can, but I think that's their plan for every console or hardware launch. So. Um, They did go on to say that there's no plans for this year regarding our version with an OLED screen. Um, So what are your guys' thoughts right now on like that in general? Honestly, the OLED screen makes a huge difference. And I think that is definitely the preferred way to play. And if they had the option between the two, even if it was like a $100 difference, I would probably go for the OLED. Obviously, I'm going to get the Switch too, but it does... It it is going to feel like a slight downgrade in terms of uh, picture quality to go from the OLED, the, the OLED switch I have, to an LCD screen. So I would have really liked for them to t- kind of give us the option to have both. I know they want to keep manufacturing costs down and LCD is obviously cheaper and all of that. But it is it is definitely a noticeable step down in terms of quality. But bigger display, right? Yeah, I mean, what the Switch OLED right now is what a seven-inch display. Is it seven or, or is it six point something? 
thought it was seven, but I could have just like rounded it up. Honestly. But still like an eight inch display of all the switches and versions of the switch that it is are seven out. Inch, yeah, so adding another inch. Yeah, so this would be the largest display, which is great. Um so yeah, what I mean you, well, what sorry, is your yeah. guys' thoughts this compared to like the Steam Deck or like all these mini computer handhelds that are coming out now? I mean Do you think the Switch still has a place in the market? I oh, think so. Switch Yeah, just because oh, of the sure. games that you play on it. Like Yeah. I think that's the Nintendo. reason why yeah, Nintendo has the IPs and stuff that like make it worth having and something like that it would be different if you could like play those titles on like a steam deck or something then it would be like oh well i mean technically allegedly you can with some nefarious means um <laughs> well, we don't condone those nefarious means on this podcast <laughs> but yeah i think the ease of use and all of that stuff nintendo you know their their cartridges and stuff they, this has to be backwards compatible right there, there's oh, no yeah, way it has it's to not. be it has to be yeah not only that I would probably bet, you know, a pizza bet right now that it it does play those cro- the backwards compatible games better. So if you put Tears of the Kingdom into the Switch 2, it's 60 FPS. That is my expectation based on the last console generation of stuff that we've gotten. Not from Nintendo, obviously, but it is the standard at this point. So if they have not figured that out, I think that's going to be a huge disappointment. I don't know if it'll really affect their sales numbers because they have such a loyal install base and I'm going to complain about it, but I'm going to get a switch to anyway. Uh, but I, I, I really hope that they kind of figure out some of that quality of life stuff. And I, I think they've done a much better job of it with the switch than they have on the previous, you know, uh, Nintendo consoles. But I think they still have a little bit more work to do in that area. Yeah, they're going to have to, or else it's just going to be a switch with an eight inch screen. Like especially with no OLED, OLED, like it's like why? Yeah. So yeah. they ha- there's gonna be a bump. Like you're probably gonna be able to play like Witcher Four and have it look good. Hopefully. <laughs> Maybe there's some different chance. <laughs> All pawn chance. Would you like to chime in? Um. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I can't wait to get the new Switch. It's gonna be great. I think it's gonna follow a very similar trajectory than as the original switch where they'll have the model the base model people are going to buy it and then people are going to yeah, then release the same exact out. thing with like a very minor upgrade for the same price well, before they they've do always that, been doing they'll probably release it with a minor downgrade in, with the the switch light the switch to light <laughs> so yeah but yeah yeah it'll just be a normal switch <laughs> i'm just hoping that when we get it um that you know games that had frame issues like you can just plug it in and then like you won't have those issues anymore like pokemon and zelda like they'll play like perfectly the switch i mean zelda (laughs) zelda was stable 30 fps but it was only 30 fps pokemon was a slideshow so um but yeah uh yeah i mean i'm excited and i think that later this year sounds reasonable uh, for the switch, it's been 2017 to now. So it's been seven years. Uh, I, I definitely think it's time. And I think uh, Nintendo is very much like they play their c- cards close to the chest. So we've had a lot of leaks already 
about the switch too. So like where, where there's smoke, there's fire. So I think this is definitely with one or two, like maybe you could take it with a grain of salt, but we've had so many switch Two leaks. So I think it is happening this year and I will be definitely excited to finally get my hands on it. What do you guys think is going to be a launch title? 3d Mario platformer for my Mario Kart nine. I say you have all three launch together. <laughs> I think Pokemon will be this the uh the new game to come out with the Switch now. You mean Pal World? <laughs> Pal World <laughs> Two. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious if they somehow get like a, a partnership with Nintendo? Like, yeah, and launching day and date on the Switch, Pal World. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, it, it needs to be a uh, it needs to be a 3D Mario platformer because that's what I need for fantasy. So Zabe says Switch projector in, in the chat, like mm-hmm. like that's their that's their gimmick for the Switch too. It projects stuff too. That'd be cool. I, I would. I'm sure Nintendo could find a way to make it work. It already docked to the TV. <laughs> Why would I need a projector? Yeah, but you could. You don't need a TV now. Now it just like, you, you put it do down you and think- it projects. Do you think, I mean, it'll probably just come with a dock, but do you think like the dock would be backwards compatible or no? Like the, I mean, it's just, if it's just no, a USB-C. Just, with what the, do you expect? Which one's going to make you more money, Zach? What do you think? Make I something mean, I, that people can use for a long period of time or just release something new that will have to make people buy more of it? Nintendo's pretty cool when it comes to that stuff. It's like, what, think? like all GameCube games can be played on the Wii. All Wii games could be played on the Wii U. Oh my god! Not so much between the Wii U and the Switch, but they've they've usually been pretty good about yeah. I think they, they, take their, they take their sweet time doing it too. Like they take their <laughs> oh they'll do it, but you have to wait a couple years. Like you know, and it's not like an easy port or anything. Like they take their time, so people, you know, have to spend a little extra money to do it the other way, and then oh yeah, well, here we just you know we do it the easy way. <laughs> this is I coming think... from a place of pain. Chances hurt. <laughs> do you hear the pain? <laughs> I think it'll depend. I think it'll depend on how power efficient they want to be. So if if this is if this new switch, if the dock actually has components in it that'll make it so it runs better when it's docked, versus you know on on the go it's like a normal switch level of power. Um, but then when you dock it, it it does do 4K and all of that because it's using uh, the components that you can kind of plug in with the USB C connection. Uh, then obviously I don't think it'll be backwards compatible. But if they're not doing that and they just want to have it like a similar experience, whether you are playing docked or what's the to the handheld, right? Yeah, yeah, docked or handheld. Uh, I I kept thinking mobile. I'm like, no, that's not it. Um, docked or handheld, then they'll probably allow you because it's just in that case, it's just a USB C to charge and have video pass through, and you could do that with an old dock like that USB three connection that they have would work too. Uh the only thing would be the form factor. If they make it wider, then it would obviously be an issue. But do you expect them to have a dock for the Switch 2 that allows them to do that? A hundred percent. I think this will be a very uh iterative difference in terms of their consoles that they haven't really done too much in the past. So I think they'll definitely keep that that model that works, which is the handheld and the docking together. Because that's what the people want. Like honestly, that that's such a success because of that design. I don't think you go back to the drawing board 
at this stage. Zabe said you could do a switch connect so you connect multiple switches together to make a bigger screen. <laughs> make a transformer <laughs> megazord thingy. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to more handheld gaming rumors, there's uh, rumors that a new PlayStation handheld is in development. Uh, so there have been rumors making the rounds online uh, that Sony may be developing uh, their newest handheld gaming system. Uh, so PlayStation, is, according to a video, PlayStation has already paid AMD to produce the device, um, but it's still very early in production. Um, they speculated that the device could run PlayStation 4 and even PS5. So there's this YouTuber who made this video. Uh, the YouTuber's Moore's Law is dead, and he released a video claiming that Sony's working on this system. Um, and it would function kind of more as like a Steam Deck as opposed to a PSP or a PS Vita. Uh, if you remember, we had talked about the PlayStation Portal, which has given gamers the opportunity to play uh, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games, um, but we discussed the drawbacks that that has. So if I'm not mistaken, you need to have like your PlayStation on. Yeah, um, it's so they only can, like, a link streaming up. device. It's not local. Yeah, something like essentially like a Steam Deck, but for Sony, for PlayStation, would solve that drawback. Um, that the portal does have but the portal itself was uh popular like all the pre-orders and stuff when it came out sold out in various countries i know in japan it sold out completely stuff like that so it did have perhaps continue still have popularity so there is a potential demand for this but what do you guys what do you guys think about these rumors i definitely think the demand is there but like why would you get this over a steam deck or the next generation of Steam Deck when this comes out. It seems like that's obviously has a much bigger library that you already have as a PC gamer, or that you can grow and get like very cheap titles. And that's not going to like, if you're only limited to PS4 and PS5 games, that is still a very limited pool. than what's available on PC at this time, which is not only those like super, you know, old games like Bioshock and stuff, which are like PS3, going all the way back to that generation but it is also current games so i don't see why somebody would want to get that as opposed to a steam deck which honestly i think the steam deck would be cheaper to produce and it would it would have a better performance than anything sony can make because sony tends to use their proprietary hardware they want to make sure they're making a, a premium level uh product which they can sell to their loyal fan base and and make a lot of money but i don't know if that would be a better performance wise than a steam deck or something like that so I, I definitely think that they are exploring options to do this i don't think this is a definitive like they've decided this is going to go into production i think they're doing a prototype to explore that option but once they do that i think they're going to see it's it's a very crowded market already with not only the Steam Deck, but you have the the ROG Ally and uh, Asus and uh, somebody else is. I know there's like three or four other ones that have been announced or have come out already. So uh, I don't know if this is something that we'll actually even see. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? I think well, we Sony's never been out of like the realm of handhelds. Um, but yeah, what they're going for, it's kind of a market that's already done. Like, uh, everybody called, like, what the Steam Deck was going to be the Switch killer. No, it's going to be the killer of whatever this would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is very true. 
So I could still see them creating this and making it and and selling it. So I think we will. I think we will see it. Um, I just don't think they'll care. But like, they'll be like, there is the Sony. There are Sony dedicated people who will buy it. So. Yeah, but that doesn't result in successful hardware. Look at the PlayStation VR two. Like, right. We're lucky oh, I'm not, if we I'm get. Not, I'm not saying it makes sense. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm just saying I think they'll do it. But it just wouldn't surprise me to see them come out with this stuff. Um, they did say, uh, or they didn't say, but there's no indication that pursuing such a device uh, would limit Sony's pursuit of production of the PlayStation Six, which it's very early to be, or not quite very early, but like it's kind of like, yeah, I wouldn't imagine any handheld would stop it. That is like flagship console, that is their thing. So I couldn't imagine any handheld would would slow them down in that sense anyway. But I guess it's something worth noting. Um, yeah. This is the, we just finished three years of the PlayStation 5. We're entering the fourth year. Uh, if if any, if the past console generations are any indication, it's probably seven to eight years for this generation. So yeah, they're, they're probably already prototyping the, the PlayStation 6. Um, but yeah, I can't, anything that you do make handheld wise has to communicate with that ecosystem and has to like be a, a supplement to that. I don't think you do anything in direct competition or you do take away resources from the PS5 to do this. Right. Or the PS6 yeah. to do this. You know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. All right. So moving on to our topic of show, uh, the January PlayStation state of play. We're going to go through not all the games and stuff that was announced. We, we will omit stuff um, like we always do, but we'll go through the big ones. We'll go through everything. So we'll start with, Death Stranding 2 on the beach. Uh, so it has a release window of 2025. This is the sequel to the first Death Stranding. Uh, I know Rick and Pat played Death Stranding. One out of spite. <laughs> One out of spite. Rick, I believe, thoroughly enjoyed it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or maybe I not thoroughly. Weird, just... But I enjoyed the weird. Okay, yeah. Like that's that's more or less what I'm getting getting at. Uh so yeah, so uh, Norman Reedus will be back as Sam Bridges, and I guess the uh, premise of this game is that Bridges is working for a civilian group called Drawbridge. I don't know if you were introduced to them in the first game at all. Um, the first one was like Bridges was the name of the company or the, the yeah, corporation. You're or connecting America. Now that America's connected, you're connecting other areas, so it's Drawbridge. You're helping out other areas. Okay. Yeah. And apparently this drawbridge group has a, quote, generous patron. Who knows who that is? Um, And so your character, Sam Bridges, is setting out again to unite the world and bring new areas into the network. Um, And he carries a strange puppet with him, I guess. A lot of people on Twitter have pointed out looks a lot like Alan Wake. (laughs) Have you (laughs) noticed that? It's like if you took Alan Wake and made him into a puppet, that's what he would look like. So it's just a little funny. There's there's a lot of stuff that apparently we saw. I didn't understand any of it. Not many people would. Honestly, I played the I played the first game in its entirety and I didn't understand shit. Okay, yeah. So like they were talking about like everything. And I was like, yeah. I mean, everything I was reading, like even this part, they're like glimpses of Higgs. I don't know who that is. Is that somebody we met before? Rick? Troy Baker's character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tro- okay. He's one so of the he, main antagonists. Baker. 
okay, but well, I didn't play the game. Like, so he recognized a, the voice. So he's a robo samurai now, I guess, or maybe was before. Um, and I guess he looks like Sting, and he wields a chainsaw guitar weapon that can shoot lightning. And he's got a little Joker stuff. Yeah, yeah. and he was fighting a big robotic baby. That was yeah. like the most Kojima as fuck thing I've ever seen in my life. That trailer it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. Everything I looked at was weird. Everything I watched. What about like the glove, the glove mask yeah. thing that she had, the glove scarf? Oh, oh I mean, yeah. That's nowhere as near, near as weird as some of the other shit in there. But um, yeah, we saw a lot of this. We saw a lot of footage from this game, and this isn't the first time we've seen it. So I was very surprised when they said 2025. I was fully expecting this to be this year. This year. Yeah, because it was first announced two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Game Awards. And then, yeah, we, we saw like seven, eight minutes of like mostly cinematic stuff, but we saw it, you know? Um, so I, I thought, and, you know, PlayStation doesn't have much this year in terms of first party. So I thought for sure that they'd be making this deal to have this come out now. Um, but yeah, it's 2025. It looks weird. It, I'm not it. You guys know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know my feelings on uh, uh, Death Stranding, the first one, and you know my feelings on Kojima. I th- honestly, I think he's a hack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, th- n- none of this does much for me. I think the biggest thing that I had a complaint with, besides the convoluted story, was the gameplay not being fun, not being like enjoyable in the first game. And they didn't really show us much for that, how that has changed. You you have new stuff that you're using to traverse the the landscape, but it seems like you're still traversing the landscape and that's still the main mechanic of it. So um, I, don't, I don't think this does much for me. Uh, it has a great cast. Kojima has the ability to pull in a lot of actors into the gaming sphere. So good for him, I guess. <laughs> Question is, Pat, are you going to play this game? And if you do, will it be out of spite? I I said the question is, are you going to play this game? And will it be out of spite again? Well, the first game I was able to get uh, like a rent, a copy. I I bought a copy and then I traded it in and got like 80 to 90% of my money back for GameStop because I had beat it within the week or whatever. Um, I don't have a disc drive on my PS5 now. So, no, I will not be getting this game. Fair enough. Rick? Honestly, like, that entire Troy Baker as a samurai with a metal guitar that's also like an axe fighting a big robotic baby. I, I kind of need to get a PS5 soon. Rick was like, I need it now. Rick was like, I need it now. <laughs> <Rick was> like, <laughs> I need it now. <laughs> um but yeah honestly and honestly it makes sense that it's going to be 2025 um it seems as though kojima is kind of spreading himself a little bit thin um especially if you look at his like you know his resume yeah the metal gears and then kind of nothing and then death stranding and then kind of nothing and now he's like like he has his od project he has this project mm-hmm. and then what we're going to talk about next too it's like he's Doing a lot. The guy's like sixty-one. Or about to he's like sixty, so he's yeah, he's been doing this shit for what, uh, almost thirty seven years. years. 
Yeah, he said in two years it'll be his 40th year anniversary, which is yeah. what he said for the announcement of his next project with Zach. Yeah, so talking about spreading himself thin, there's a new IP coming out from uh, Kojima, and it is an action espionage game. Uh, we didn't get much details on it, um, but Kojima did describe it as both a movie and a game. So he's like, of course, it is an interactive game, but it is also a movie at the same time. Uh, the production is something similar during the OD reveal as well. Mm -hmm. He's like, it'll it'll draw, it'll blur the line between a movie and a game or whatever. Yeah, so they 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 went on to say, I kind of say this and touch on that as well. Um, so the production is expected to begin after Death Stranding 2, obviously in partnership with Sony. Um, and basically everything they talked about in a blog post and a tw in tweets and stuff after uh, kind of was akin to the similar things they said after the OD reveals. Like, we hope to transcend the barriers between film and video games. Uh, with the full support of SIE, this new action espionage game will use cutting-edge technology and a stellar cast to de deliver an experience like no other. Blurring the boundaries between film and games, offering near lifelike graphics and a new take on interactive entertainment. Uh, the project is titled Project Fizent or Fizent. I don't know Fizent. how they want it to be pronounced. Pheasant, Project Pheasant. Um, but yeah, what's funny is they, during <laughs> the announcement, they zoomed out on the drone camera to show that he's on the Columbia Pictures lot. like. Mm -hmm. Sony's production company and all of that. And I think he's said he's wanted to make a movie for so many years and now he finally gets to or can or whatever. Um, what this people on Twitter kind of posted and like I saw some Reddit posts and stuff too. Is this the first PS6 game? It could be. I mean, you think about it. Like if you're talking about timeline wise, it would make sense because Death Stranding comes out next year. And that would be what year five of the PlayStation Five. So then you'd be then looking. You at have overdose after that. After There's that, no right. way this is before overdose because overdose you could almost would be what a twenty twenty six or twenty twenty seven title. I would probably twenty twenty seven. Yeah, so you're shooting for that to pay basically be like maybe the swan song of the generation. Maybe twenty twenty eight is still a PS five generation, but then you're looking at this. Uh, Project Pheasant, Pheasant, Pheasant. Um, you're looking at that being a cross generation, maybe a cross generational game or a straight up launch onto the PS6 and maybe hybrid it between the two because obviously they do that. You have like a year or two in between where you're making stuff for both, but it wouldn't surprise me if this was straight up just a PS6 exclusive launch title. But I think that's a around about the right time, you would think. It makes sense timeline wise for sure. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah, I don't talk about spreading yourself too thin. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's a lot, and you're kind of looking at what you're. They're saying next year will be his fortieth, and then you're pushing like that'll be in two years. He said it'll be his fortieth. Two years it'll be his fortieth. So then you're looking at what it'll be like forty third, forty fourth anniversary. You're looking at this. So if that's the math, so I mean, I think it's really, I think it's a really interesting. Uh, I kind of like what. I like the thought process. You know, we want to bring in the cinematic and the video game and get them to merge as, as seamlessly as possible. So I think it's interesting. And he's, he's somebody who is certainly got a knack the for doing to the, be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. And he's got the knack of being ambitious and bold and those kind of things. So 
by all means, I go mean, for it. Like I said, I'm not a fan of his work, but props to the guy for being the first time that at least I know of where somebody has had a deal, a game in development for an exclusive with both major first parties at the same time. He's he's working on OD, which is an Xbox Game Studios production, and yeah. he is also working on Fizz Fizzint or whatever, which is a PlayStation funded project. So right. now he just needs that Nintendo piece of the puzzle and everything will be all set <laughs> for him. He can retire. A Mario action Nintendo game. A Mario <laughs> action espionage. You know what? Princess Peach Showtime. We don't know who's making that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's a uh, I mean, hey, kudos to the guy. Props to him. He's always each time. (laughs) (laughs) So props to him, man. I mean, he's always. I mean, he's just getting after it. So, I I respect the hell out of that. That's crazy. I don't know if I'm gonna play any of these games because his shit is creepy, freaks me out, it's weird. Um, it's not necessarily my cup of tea, but I say go for it. So, um, yeah. So that's everything on. Uh, Kojima on Kojima and Death Stranding and so we're going to move forward to the new look that we got at Team Ninja's Rise of the Ronin Uh, so that is going to be releasing soon it releases March 22nd Uh, as far as like depth of look and kind of what we've gotten this is the best look we've seen so far from the game Uh, the game will take so it comes out in a month and a half (laughs) like yeah um It looks very Assassin's Creed to me from what they've shown. It does. It does. And so like the game takes place in the hub world of Yokohama and the game will tell the story of an untethered samurai who travels Japan during the late 19th century. And what we got to see a lot of was the one-on-one sword combat. And then this is where it kind of looks like Assassin's Creed is the utilization of grapples and parkour and and gliders and stuff like that to traverse the world. So it's going to be a lot of that free flowing movement and stuff like that, that would lend itself to kind of more fast paced gameplay. So I'm going to think of it kind of more like, unlike a typical like samurai game where kind of like in ghost of Tsushima, you had the option of being kind of more slow paced as a samurai. Um, I feel like this is going to be a much different kind of, aspect of like that it's gonna be much faster paced combat and stuff like that yeah i mean if we know anything about team ninja they make those like souls like games like we had wolong last year um Mm -hmm. i'm blanking on the other what's their series that they do with it's it's also like a ninja no um fuck it'll come to me soon but they do like those souls like games where it's like you are gonna you're gonna die often but you got to learn the pattern and things like that. Oh, it you're talking they about are Neo. Is it No, he's talking yeah. about Neo. Neo. Oh, Neo. Neo, yes. Um, so they are, it seems like they're taking a step back from that a little bit um, and kind of opening up to a wider audience. That is a different approach than we've seen from software do. And from software is like, no, we are fully going to go with this and we're going to convert people to this game type with Elden right. Ring. <laughs> and you know, Team Ninja's like, We'll take a step back. We'll we'll come to you instead of you coming to us. Uh, um, interesting. We'll we'll see how it plays off. Um, to me, it it seems like why why would I get this when I can just wait for the next Assassin's Creed? But I don't know how you guys feel. Um, I think 
Oh, sorry, Chance. Go ahead. Hey, you go ahead, Zach. No, no, no. You go. We haven't heard from you at all. <laughs> well, you were talking. I didn't want to interrupt. Um, no, you're fine. You go. You did. <laughs> I I don't remember what I was going to say. Go ahead. Oh my. God. <laughs> um, is the next Assassin's Creed game? What time period red. is that? Is that red. China. Okay. China. Yeah. Um, oh no, it's Japan. Japan. I'm sorry. Is it China? China come is out the mobile. Switch? China's the mobile one. Yeah, China is the mobile one. Yeah, yeah the Japan. One feudal Japan or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can see that. Um, I'm I'm one. I love like that whole like culture and history. So I'm never gonna be one who's gonna like have enough of like the Japanese culture or anything like that. It's 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 weird. It's it's. I understand like that thought process of like why I get this when I could just wait for the next Assassin's Creed, but this is coming out, so you might as well get it. <laughs> um, it. It seems like a clunkier aspect of that. If they're just now dipping their toes into that Assassin's Creed format, they have not refined any of that. Um, plus, I played well long. It was fun, but it was definitely a clunky experience. Um, yeah, I would agree. So, but you'd, think they, you'd hope they learn from that, though, in this. Maybe, like, but honestly, with the footage that they've shown, I don't think they have. Uh, I I can maybe see this like waiting for a sale. I pick it up, but I I don't see myself getting this at launch. Um, I would, this is I on would Game Pass. Fun. It's a no brainer. Yes, I would play it, but this is not on Game Pass, and it is a PlayStation exclusive console exclusive with like a second party deal. So it's not coming to their PlayStation Plus anytime soon either. Yeah. I mean, I I'm I think I'm gonna get it. I haven't decided yet if I'm gonna get it at launch, but I I I might. Um, I, I think it looks interesting. Looks it looks oh, cool. Hey, if you get it, it get it. Visual, pretty. Check it out. Yeah, we can game share it and stuff like that, like we've been doing. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to dive too much more into that. There's obviously like story beats and stuff that they talked about, but no, uh, we can we can move on. Um, the next up is Until Dawn Remaster. So until dawn, great PlayStation exclusive. Uh, this is actually being developed by Ballistic Moon, so not being headed by uh, Ready at Dawn. Who's who's the Until Dawn developers? God damn it! I gotcha. I'm looking. Supermassive, yeah, supermassive. They're they're busy working at on their like Dark Pictures games. Yeah. And all of that, so they are not coming back to to remaster it, which is fine. But it is coming to PS5 and PS4. It is a remaster; it's not a remake, so it still seems like the same type of gameplay. Not a lot of quality of life improvements. It looks better. Um, the original cast is, you know, they didn't re-record any of their dialogue or anything like that, but it'll look slightly prettier. Um, if you have not played Until Dawn, I highly recommend you check it out. If you're a fan of you know, that B-movie horror type uh, genre. Uh, it is a great, even a party game to have, like, play with other people around. You guys can talk about choices and, and do all of that. But uh, if you have already played it, I don't think there's much here for you. Um, maybe I might check it out on PC if there's a Steam sale, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to get it on PS5 unless they have, a, like, a really s- super cheap upgrade option or something. After that, we got a look at Stellar Blade. 
Um, this is where I took a bathroom break. They had a lot yeah, of this game. <laughs> yeah, they, they showed us a lot. Yeah, so we got the deep dive into that. So this is being developed by Shift Up. Uh, this will be releasing uh, April 26th. 2024 so this is the game uh this will be taking place on an apocalyptic earth where a mysterious enemy has forced humans to flee to a colony um you would take on the role of the main character eve uh with two companions who are named adam and lily and there's just a bunch of like sword and gunplay stylish combat fighting hostile survivors and a bunch of robots and mechs and, and stuff. a lot of scantily cloud out scantily clad outfits oh yeah Oh yeah, uh, I like, believe this is this is when Casey walked into the room and she's like, "Is that a coochie light?" She's got a coochie. <laughs> light. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So it's yeah, it's a pan you know, certain audiences. We should yeah, say, you know, you know, when Horizon <laughs> was coming out and we saw that like one Twitter post go viral of like, how could why don't they make their protagonists prettier or whatever? Yeah. This is for that person, that like person. those type yeah, of yeah, people. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so, so yeah. So, so yeah. There's not really much else to say uh, mm-hmm. beyond that. Um, Chance, you want to talk about the new Dragon's Dogma Two trailer? Can't. He, he he texted me. He's like, I'm going to let Darla out because Matt's oh gone God. and won't be home until three a.m. So he left. Oh my God. So. At least he texted somebody and didn't just like straight up Irish goodbye in the middle of the podcast. Like, I guess he did to YouTube, but he texted me. Um, so, yeah. So we'll talk about the new Dragon's Dogma 2 trailer from Capcom. So this is the new gameplay trailer we got. Uh, it shows uh, the characters fighting a whole host of enemies, obviously dragons. Um, but there were sorcerers, minotaur-looking creatures, a giant troll-looking thing. I thought it looked good. I thought this was like the best I've seen from Dragon's Dogma Two. Yeah. I think everything else didn't really that I've seen didn't really like speak to me. I guess to use Pat's words, um, but I thought it looked really good. I was like really excited by the gameplay that we yeah. saw. Clearly, it was a very skilled, high-level player mm-hmm. doing all the crazy stuff. But it did look cool to to see that I can possibly achieve that level and um what they've shown us before it seems like there is a lot of like rpg dna in there of like you making choices you you kind of having your companions and your companions could kind of like go into your friends worlds and get you xp and all of that stuff um so it seems interesting there but that combat really i think that mm-hmm. is that should have been the forefront of when they started uh, talking about this game, but I'm glad that they did finally show it because it does look very interesting. And uh, I am excited to see what, like I'm going to try and like Elden ring dive deep into that and build like an awesome, like class that I want to like, you know, maybe multi-class or do crazy things with. Um, But it is coming out March 22nd, which is the same date uh, as what was the other one that was March 22nd was that yeah. Rise of Ronin. Yeah. Um, so both those games are coming out on the same day. I'm definitely going to be going for Dragon's Dogma 2 instead of Rise of Ronin. Uh, but yeah, this is might be... This isn't PlayStation exclusive, is it? I don't believe so. I will double check. Uh, yeah, I, if, if not, I will definitely be playing this on PC. Um, so it will... No, it is not. Ex, it is not PlayStation exclusive. It's going to come out on... It's like... It's current gen exclusive. Like PS5, 
an Xbox Series X and S. Um, I no, this wouldn't be on Game Pass. Um, not yet, at I, least. I don't think not yet. Not um, much. Yeah, but no, I mean, I thought it looked really good. I understand like why. Um, at the start of like when they were showing us everything, it's like the emphasis on like the RPG, the narr- being narrative driven and like the focus of that and the importance of that for them. That's obviously like the thing that is driving them. But and I, I can respect that from like a, we're showing you what is our focus and that it is narrative driven. But if you want like gamers to get like amped for that, showing them like really nice and fluid combat that shows like a breadth of different options because you saw different enemy types that were i mean like vastly different like you're going from a dragon to like this sorcerer supreme kind of crap that's going on like you really got to see like a wide range of like what could be done from a combat standpoint so i agree in that we could have seen that sooner but it is nice that we just saw it at all um especially in like a month and a half or so leading up and building up to that. Um, so look really good. Rick, what did you think? Did you see it? You're going to get it yeah, with I watched us? It. Yeah, it looks, it looks pretty. It looks fun. I might not get it day of, but um, if you guys play it, give it the okay. Yeah, I'll definitely put it on the list. I haven't decided if I want to get this over Rise of... I mean, I think between the two, this looked better than what Rise of, what we've seen from Rise of the Road. Just like objective between the two, I'd totally get Dragon's Dogma too because I can play it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just think like if you if you could get both, I would say that this still looks better than Rise of the Ronin. Um, yeah, no. So that'll be releasing March twenty second again. It'll be on uh, PS five, Xbox Series X and S, and on uh, Windows, Microsoft Windows. Um, after that, we have. Sonic Shadow uh, Generations was announced, so Sega revealed that the Sonic and Shadow Generations remaster um, will be coming. So this is the original Sonic Generations from 2011, and then it's going to have new content featuring Shadow the Hedgehog. So we saw the same levels from that original 2011 game, um, and then there's going to be new levels where you take the lead as a Shadow. Uh, I'm a team Shadow the Hedgehog guy over Team Sonic, personally. Um, but I've never been like super amped to go like day one go play Sonic the Hedgehog or anything like that. So yeah, I played Generations because it was one of the free games with gold for Xbox, and it was one of the better Sonic games. But right, yep. Yeah, I think this is probably just a cash grab because Shadow's going to be in Sonic Three, and they have all this Sonic mm-hmm. Three news. Yep. So, so yeah, yep. so th- yeah, so this will be coming to PS4, PS5, Series X. It's coming to everything. It's coming to everything. Um from PS4 generation on. I think people will be excited for it because there is like big love for the Sonic franchise, so I think people will be excited for it, but to Rick's point um with Sonic 3 and everything, it's a it's just utilizing the hype to like kind of do do the cash grab. So um, but if Sonic is your cup of tea, get excited for, uh, get excited Next for Sonic up. Shadow Generation. So you better buy it quick because they're going to go fast. Yeah, they're going to go fast. Um, Pat, do you want to talk up, about we have, Hill? Yeah, we we kind of already talked about Silent Hill: The Short Message. Um, 
they shadow dropped that, but they also gave us a look at Silent Hill 2 Remake. Uh, this is being worked on by Bloober Team. This is the first time we got gameplay. Correct me if I'm wrong. The previous yep. ones were all CGI trailers and stuff like that. Um, from what I remember, the CGI trailers looked great. Like It looked like it was a Resident Evil 2 type caliber of remake. Um, and then now when they actually showed gameplay, it did look a little dated. It does not look as good as like modern Resident Evil. And you can see some of the lines like they have not improved a lot of that gameplay. It seems very much still a PS2, PS3 wrapper on like, you know, uh, a modern day like Kona Paint. So I, I don't know what your thoughts were, Rick. Obviously, you've played the game. You know, you know more of the, that. The gameplay looks completely different from the original Silent Hill 2. Mainly the over the shoulder. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> like, because that's the appeal about Silent Hill is it's kind of like also with the Achilles heel. Um, you're not like Leon S. Kennedy police recruit or Claire, who I believe also works adjacent to the police. You don't know how to use guns very well. Um, so it was always a bit clunky, which made a lot of sense just for the context of the game. You're not going to you're not just some Joe Schmoes, like suddenly amazing with a shotgun. <clears throat> but <clears throat> so the action itself looked, in my opinion, slightly unrealistic because they did the whole like, OK, cool, over the shoulder, like, boom, you're like, uh, uh, there's a lot of action in there, which. Yeah, there is some action in the game, but it seemed kind of over the top compared to the original. Mm -hmm. Like you can get through most of the game with just a board and hit things with a board with a nail on it. It's one of the most versatile weapons in the game. <laughs> But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it just seemed a bit much for my taste. Yeah. And I, I don't know, something about it, it just seems dated in terms of how it's handling. And I know I'm not playing it, but like the gameplay that they're they're showing, it does not seem like it seems like a PS4 game, not a PS5 game, um, which is disappointing because the way they marketed it before made it seem like a completely different budget, I think project. But um, I know a lot of people after playing short message um, because that kind of my thoughts are kind of what I've seen echoed with other people. I guess some people do love it. I did see some people saying like, Oh my God, it's such a fresh, a breath of fresh air and stuff like that. I'm like, you have not played a lot of horror recently. Um, but anyway, it seems like, Konami being the shepherds of the, the Silent Hill franchise is probably not the best case scenario because what we've seen, what we saw last year when they announced all these Silent Hill projects and they did like that uh, whole thing where they're like, oh, we're working with multiple developers and, you know, we're kind of expanding the genre and like you're going to have a, a shorter game, you're going to have a narrative game, you're going to have new Silent Hill F, which is going to be like Japanese horror and all of this stuff. It seemed like a lot of great things back to back to back but now we're seeing some of those come to fruition and i'm like are any of these to the quality that we would want like it, it seems so weird that they can't mimic the success of the resident evil franchise in the modern day like it seems like such a, a no-brainer to kind of take that blueprint but it seems like konami just isn't aren't the right people to do that no they've been driving this this truck into the, I don't know say a truck, but they didn't drive this plane into the ground. Um, even with Metal Gear Solid, you saw the same thing with like five and all everything that spawned off of that is not 
not what it was. And there really hasn't been a breakout like Silent Hill, Silent Hill game since four, which was what, 2005. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, my interest level in Silent Hill 2 Remake just went down a lot. Um, The other surprising thing is they didn't give us a release window. I was fully expecting this game to come out this year because it was announced a while ago. We saw like that CG trailer. Uh, I think a lot of the the Bloober team developers were talking about it. The composer is like, yeah, it's it should be ready soon and all of this stuff. But now they still don't have a date yet. So I don't know. Maybe Bloober team had some sort of vision for this game. And based on the budget that they had, they they thought this was the direction they were supposed to go. But maybe PlayStation is like, yo, we, we want you to do like what Resident Evil is doing. Like, what the hell is this? So I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm kind of filling in the blanks. That, that would make a lot of sense. There, but, <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see. Something similar happened with uh, Knights of the Old Republic. We know that for a fact. So, Rick, you'll be excited for this. We got a new trailer for Judas. We should, we are all excited for this. Yeah, this yeah. is. I know, but like, Rick is like the most amp for Judas. I feel like I bet people. How are. dare you? Yeah. So Have you met Pat? I feel like what Rick the fuck is wrong been... with you. I feel like Rick has been the most amp for Judas. I'm sorry. Is like... this a bit? Nah, I'm being genuine. <laughs> wow. I'm not gaslighting wow. you. Wow. <laughs> I feel like when Judas was announced, I went on a 20 minute spiel about a, a fucking game developers talk that Ben Levine gave in 2014. Yeah, but you go on a 20 minute spiel about a bunch of other shit, too. Like, so when you do a bunch of 20 minute spiels, Pat, none of them are special anymore. <laughs> so I have I have totally I, I, I pissed Pat off so much. He's left. <laughs> I'm kidding. He was copped on the phone for those of you who are listening on audio. Um, yeah. So Rick is the current one in front of the screen and the one who I've associated Judas with the biggest Judas fan there is. Thank you. As far as I'm concerned, Rick is the, the authority of Judas on this podcast is how I thank you. I is how I've interpreted this. Um, Do not invite me to any, any suppers. <laughs> Uh, so for those of you who do not know, Judas is the next game from Ken Levine, who is the creator of Bioshock. You get it? Because it could be your last supper. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Oh, Keep going. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. So anyway, there is a full trailer shown at the state of play. And obviously it has like the colorful dystopian aesthetic that you come to know of his of Levine's previous work in Bioshock. And Rick, just kind of like when you saw it and you were kind of like going through like seeing everything unfold on the trailer. What did you think? Give me your uh, your reaction, play by play. Well, my play by play is in space, which, you know, but it's, it's, it's an obvious kind of next step for, I guess not, it's not a Bioshock game, but right. you know, uh, close enough. Uh, so space is definitely going to be uh, a, a different setting, um, especially since uh, towards the end of the trailer, yeah, I believe you actually get jetted out into space. And also, like, I don't know, like, at least how Bioshock goes, you kind of, you show up after a lot of the action is happening, after a lot of, like, everything has fallen. So this looks like you actually get to experience it in more real time. There are a lot of things that I was like, oh, that's very, very Bioshock. Pat? Yeah, it, it seems like, it seems very Bioshocky, but that's not a bad thing. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, he's taken such a long time away from development. Obviously, his last game was Bioshock Infinite. 2013 
I'm talking about Kevin Levine, obviously. He's got a new studio, but it's a lot of the same talent he was working with uh, when he was at Irrational. But a lot of people are like, oh, he he stepped away for all this time, and then he still made another Bioshock clone. Um, but I think it's based on – go listen to my last – the last podcast we had, which was what? The Game Awards last year? It was year. announced – it was not last – it was the year before last. I think it actually came out. So go listen to the the podcast right after Game Awards 2022, um, where we we talk about it a lot. But I think a lot of the stuff that is different that they've been working on for ten years is under the hood stuff that you can't really show in gameplay. You need to market this game, and the way you market it is is to show that it is like Bioshock. But when you're playing it, you're going to see a lot more interaction with the characters. It's going to be a lot more choice based. And I think you are going to be able to play this game again and make different choices and have a very different outcome based on the narrative Legos that he he had talked about there. Uh, but the official press release for this trailer, the Who is Judas trailer offers a deeper look at the game's setting aboard the Mayflower, a spacefaring city whose citizens are trained to tear each other apart for even the most in for even the most minor inf- infractions and where machines control every aspect of business, art, and government. You, as Judas, are the driver of every event in a mysterious story with a cast of characters to get to know and to change in a world where every decision you make affects how the story unfolds. So that's the the thing that you can't really show in a, in a trailer. Like, that is very difficult, and some people have tried to do it clunkily, where it's like, here's a mission and here's what happens if you make this choice. And here's what happens when you make this choice. That is very hard to package in a small two minute trailer that you want to release to the mass market to be able to, to show them what this game is. So um, I'm really excited to play this. I think this is going to be, this is like probably my most hype moment out of this entire state of play. And when this popped up, I, I dropped everything. I was folding laundry at the time. I dropped everything and I like, I'm like, yeah, it's Judas. And I started watching the trailer like very like the TV very in in-depthly. So uh I was really hoping we got a release window, but it it was just the more of what it said currently in development for PlayStation is what the yeah. <laughs> the tag was. And then it said wishlist now. So obviously I went and I wishlisted it on every platform. But yeah, I, I'm super excited for it. And I think I think right now, like the plan, the plan is that it's released before the end of March of next year. Like March 2025 is like, yeah, yeah, that's the plan. But thoughts? Do you guys think we get it this year? I don't, but I also think it's Ken Levine, and he's a perfectionist. And if if they're like, you need to release it this year, and he's like, no, if you want this game, you've given me ten years. What's another ten months? Another, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I think. But you waited ten years. You waited another five. Like you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, if this game comes out on the same day as GTA 6, I'm playing this game first. So I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe 100%. you. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The world, the world will be playing GTA 6. <laughs> no, there, there's very few game directors where I'm like, I trust you implicitly with whatever you're doing. I will be there day one. Uh, as of right now, it is Sam Lake. It is Ken Levine. It is Neil Druckmann. And... uh. Sam Barlow. I, I would say that's it. Fair enough. So that was um that was Judas. 
do you guys want to talk about V Rising or Dave the Driver or Zenla Zone Zero? There are games that are on other platforms that are now in development for PS5. Perfect. Great synopsis there. Um, we going back to some VR stuff. We got a Metro Awakening VR announcement. Uh, so the long running series, if you've played it before, um, it's a great series um, based on the novels by Dmitry Glukovsky. Um, it's coming to VR later this year. So Awakening is going to be set before the events of Metro 20, uh, 2033, which came out back in 2010. And it puts the players in the shoes of Serdar, um, who's a doctor trying to find his wife uh, through the Metro tunnels. Um, it'll arrive on PSVR 2, MetaQuest, and the PC VR headsets. And it will be developed by Vertigo Games. I may check it out. I have a, an Oculus two or an oculus oculus quest no what's what's the one you have i have a quest like, two you have a quest two i have the one that's not quest which is oculus vision two oculus something two it's the one that they abandoned which is you need the computer for i know yours you don't need the computer for uh that's the one i have so mine's super old but if it is coming to to all vr platforms i may check it out it has been a very long time since i even broke out my VR headset. I think the last time was when we played uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. But yeah, I will happily break out that VR headset for a reason. So, yeah, I mean, I'm the, not going to the get Metro... a PSVR 2 for this, that's for sure. No, yeah, but no. the Metro games are great. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys played Metro Exodus, which is like the most recent installment. There's one um, on Game Pass that I tried, but it's it, I couldn't get into it. I think all three of them are on there now. Hmm. On Game Pass, I'll now. check it out. Yeah, I I loved. I mean, Metro Exodus is the only game I've played of the three, but I remember playing it when it when it came out, um, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, it definitely does a good job, and I've heard the same thing of all three Metro games, where there's like a combining like obviously the survival horror aspect with like the just like the general tension of like what's occurring in the Metro world for the VR, like for this to be in kind of like a VR setting looks. Like it would be very survival horror. If you're a fan of the Metro games and you have VR stuff, this will be up your alley. Um, moving on, more PSVR 2 news. So, Legendary Tales was revealed for PSVR 2. So, this will be a new uh, VR game from Urban Wolf Games. It is a first person action RPG. Uh, what we saw was a lot of combat with magic, swords hammers bow and arrow and stuff like that so this is for psvr2 they didn't say anything about it going to other vr platforms so i think chance is the only one here with the psvr2 and he's currently not at his pc um so we'll move on from there um do we want to talk about the foam stars trailer it's coming out next week or if you're listening to the podcast this week i wrote this game off as like you know something i'm never going to play because i'm not into that type of thing but this trailer, it seems like they are. It seems like it's going to be a more competent game than I had initially given it credit for. Does that mean I'm going to play it? No. Is this is this free to play? Uh, yes, I think it's on PS Plus. Um, I think. So uh, well, might... I don't have PS Plus, so no. Um, if you have PS Plus, it's like free to play. It seems like they're trying to get the Splatoon audience, and it seems like they've done a good job of copying those Splatoon mechanics and making it available for a wide array of, you know, gamers. And it seems like they have a colorful cast of, of characters in there too. So good for the people that want to play this, but it's, it's definitely not 
something that's going to sway me, but I, I have a respect for it that I didn't before. Fair. And then, um, well, well, what better way to end the state of play talk than by talking about what they started that state of play with, which was a brief look at hell divers too. Um, so we got to look at the game's multiplayer shooter action ahead of its launch on the eighth. I didn't play hell divers one. I'm not going to play hell divers two. Um, and that's more or less where I'm at with it. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I assume. you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not big into that, like looter shooter, like go on missions to grind with your friends to get better loot and like do all of that stuff. Um, this is a $40 game. It's not a full $70 game, uh, which speaks a lot to like the budget that's probably going behind it in the first game, at least was very top down. It was a PlayStation Vita slash PlayStation three. Uh, or was it four? I don't remember. Uh, type game. So this this seems like a step up from that, but does not seem like it's going to be like a a massive leap in terms of graphical fidelity or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'm not super invested in it. it February eighth. Uh, something else is coming out in February that I was anticipating. I don't remember. On what February second, we have a, a Suicide Squad. That's today. That's today. I know. <laughs> Day of recording. Um, yeah, can't, that's 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 that bums me out. That like four years ago, if you had told me there's gonna be not one but two WB games, DC games, and you were not gonna be excited for either one of them, I would be like, <laughs> you shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> you are fucking. That's not true at all. And then that is exactly what happens. So. Uh, so f- looking at the state of play as a whole, how would you grade it? And what was your guys' like? I'm just going to assume your most amped moment was Judas. Um, My most amped moment was definitely Judas. I don't know. Rick. I mean, Rick is the authority of Judas for this podcast. So I'm just going to assume that his most amped moment was Judas. No, mine was the, the guitar fight. How could it not be the fucking guitar fight? Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Did you did you see that? Yeah, I did, but like, I, I don't know what you want from me. Like, that was peak Kojima. I don't. That I don't know what you. Kojima. Want. I don't know what you. I want. think we need a valley of Kojima instead of a peak. But no, no, you got to climb the the peak to go down the valley. You don't. You you don't do something for forty years and be a hack at it when you're doing it at like the level he's doing it at. You can do something for forty years and become a great con man and have people thinking you're this great auteur, but you're. You're just making mid games for 40 years. So anyway, we just, we just pissed off every Kojima fan who's ever going to look at this. You know what? We don't want you as listeners if you're Kojima fans. No, 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 no. no. We're, we're not at a point where we can discriminate with who listens. I don't know why you're like, we don't have near the following that you think we have. Or we could just be like, no, don't come listen to us. Like be on team Rick. who was just like, I don't know what it was. I don't know like, if I like it, like, but I'm very intrigued. Honestly, like borderline <laughs> criminals, listen to us. We need the viewers. Like we need the numbers. <laughs> so, but, yeah, what do you think of the state of play overall? Grade it as a whole. I thought I it was think there's a lot of stuff here. It is weird that they had this on the last day of January, but there wasn't a lot of stuff that is 2024 in terms of like first party stuff. I was, I was like, when they announced this, I'm like, okay, we are going to know their plans for this year. By the end of it, we're probably going to see Concord 
We may see fair games. We'll actually understand what those games are because those games were announced last year as coming 2024, but we didn't get any of those. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on at Sony right now? And then, you know, Death Stranding 2 ends up being 2025. Judas is here, but again, no date. Uh, you have some VR stuff thrown in here and there. You have Helldivers, but that is already, we already knew that was coming. Um, so honestly, I think it's a solid C. I would not go higher than that because it's like, if you have a showcase or you have a state of play this early in the year, I'm expecting you to announce what the rest of your year looks like. And they did not do that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in terms of that. Uh, but I think they did show some interesting stuff here. None of it is really what I'm, none of it. I'm going to be playing on PlayStation. Let's say that because both Judas and, uh, uh, Dragon's Dogma two are multi-platform. So I'm going to be playing those probably PC or Xbox, but yeah, that, that's my take on it. See, I think I would have given it like a, maybe like a B, a B plus, but since like Xbox did theirs and just knocked it out of the park, they're like, okay, cool. Here's just five games. We're going to give you a lot of information on them and they're all coming out this year. Boom. Straight to the point. Excellent reveals. Great games. All coming out this year. That's what I wanted. And this mm -hmm. seemed a little bit more. I, I just I felt like I got spoiled with the Xbox one. This seemed like something you would do in the summer and be your like summer showcase and let us know what's coming in the future. But even if you look at it in terms of that, I don't say I don't think they had enough for it to for this to be their summer showcase. Are they going to have another summer showcase after all of this, I don't see why you would. Um, it makes me think that they're going to skip the summer again and probably do something in like August or September, or like, you know, November or something like that towards the end of the year. What about you, Zach? Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. I would give it like a, a B minus. Um, I, I don't know why I just kind of expect them to do something in the summer. Cause I feel like there's, just more for this year that we need to see um and hear about deep dive on concord and what the fuck that is but like, i just feel like i just feel like we need to know more and i feel like there is more to show i don't know it felt like i don't know when i was like watching it it kind of felt like for some reason they were holding back i don't know i just got to think they're holding, holding back, back like i think they don't have a lot for this year i felt like i feel like this i mean it feels like a broken record talking about them not having something Right. This isn't the first time we've had this conversation. Yeah, I, like I mean, last, gotta show me something like last year they had uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain. They had Spider-Man. You know how this podcast feels about Spider-Man. <laughs> so, yeah. But like, I feel like when we talk about their state of plays, it's like very often it's like there's there needs to be more needs to be more. I feel like that's something we talk about pretty, pretty often with them. So I feel like this one, I this would just felt like a holding back. Kind of thing. So I, I was in the same boat you guys were in, like a super early in the year state of play. We're like going to get a lot more than what we got. So I, I had a feeling they were holding back. But you could be, you could very well be right. They just don't have this. This is what they yeah. have. But I mean, like, my my interpretation is they don't have a lot for 2024. They may still have Concord, but I think they were banking on Last of Us two factions, and obviously that got canceled. Um. So there's like nothing to fill that hole. 
they have these third-party deals, but again, some of these third-party titles are not ready to ship this year, and the ones that are are also on other platforms. So I, I don't. I think this is going to be a very uh, lackluster year in terms of how the PS5 library kind of evolves. Um, but I think on the other side of that coin, Xbox has a great year. Um, Xbox has a fantastic year lined up already. Um, next year, it might be completely reversed. Next year, we may get Ghost of Tsushima 2. We may get Horizon 3. We may get, you know, a, a, a new IP from Santa Monica or whatever they've been working on, uh, an Uncharted reboot or something like that. And then Xbox is not going to have a much. So I think it'll, it comes in waves. And I think this is just a down year for Sony. Well, we'll see. The year is still young. They could surprise us. Support subtitles. Wow. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that's the end of the show. Pat, would you like us to give us our first subpar subtitle of the year? Yes. So subpar subtitles is a game we like to end the podcast with. We keep score all year. The winner last year, obviously, was Rick by a landslide. So we'll see if he can continue to, to keep up his dominating streak here. But the way the game works is I basically take the principle that game developers like to name their uh, games with franchise colon subtitle, and that's S-U-B hyphen T-I-T-L-E. For example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, I take a fake subtitle and I intermix it with a bunch of real ones, and it's our panel's job here to figure out which one is the fake one. So uh, are you guys ready? Yep. Chance is still not back, correct? He is not back. Okay. And just you two guys. So. Two times the trouble. Lost in time. Mystery mountain. Under the weather. And cakes and ale. I will repeat those again for those of you listening at home. Two times the trouble. Lost in Time, Mystery Mountain, Under the Weather, and Cakes and Ale. Reigning champion over here, Rick, why don't we start with you? I'm going to go with D, Under the Weather. Under the Weather for Rick. Zach? I don't know where he finds these things. Man, none of them sound real, and they all sound real at the same time. Like, <laughs> like this is bullshit, man. <laughs> like, like, oh. it's so dumb. Cakes and ale is so dumb; it has to be real, or that's the point, and it's fake. <laughs> that's how it gets you. There's no way cake and ale don't even go together. Like, it has. I'm picking that. That's You're I. I cakes will. And ale. I am going to kill the person who came up with that game if it's real. I, that's the one I'm picking. All right, he's locked it in. Together. So now time for the twist. So you guys can either keep your answers and you will get three points if that is indeed correct. Or you can choose to risk it and say all real or all fake. If you choose either of those and that is indeed the correct answer, you will get double the points for a total of six I think Rick got a couple of these last year, and that's how he, he kind of climbed up ahead. So uh, my question for you, Rick, is what do you decide? I really want to say all real, but I'm going to stick with my answer. Rick, he's sticking. Okay. All right. There you go. I'm just going to 
stay with mine. No, I'm going to go all real. I'm going all real. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> all right. All real. Fuck it. I don't care anymore. Oh, Zach. It's the start Zach's of the year. going all care. real. All right. <laughs> Zach's going all real. All right. So, SpongeBob Diner Dash 2, two times the trouble. Real game. Bugs Bunny Lost in Time. Real game. Jumpstart Adventures, third grade, Mystery Mountain, real game. Under the weather, not a real game. Oh my God. <laughs> Jolly Good, Cakes and Ale, real game. What is that? Rick, Rick starts the year with wow, good six job, Rick. points. <laughs> Three. Yeah. Three, three, points. Oh, three, three points. Yeah, three points. I'm sorry. Nice. You're right. Three points. Uh, I was going to give you double points. Just for the, the I know. First one, but sure. We got to give him um, a chance this year. <laughs> Speaking of chance, he's just returned. Wait, what did you do, Rick? Are you all real? No, no, he did. Un- he picked under the weather. He picked D. Oh. Zach, you need to finish out this show. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, I don't fucking know. Tell me how. Tell me how under the weather is not a game, but cakes and ale is at the Entitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. We're on Twitter at TugPod, on Instagram at tug underscore pod, at Threads at the same thing. We're on Reddit at r slash TugPod. And on Facebook at the Entitled Gaming Podcast. Um, if you're watching on Twitch, you already know where we are. If you're not watching us on Twitch, you can watch us on Twitch every Tuesday and Friday at the very least at twitch.tv slash tugpod. We also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five star reviews for us. One star review for every other But since I don't have to be on camera, I'm going to do some background stuff. <laughs> we would like Okay, it. that is definitely a euphemism for... Don't say it. We don't want to get banned. I mean, we can't get banned if his camera's off and it's just the audio. But I don't want anyone to hear that shit. <laughs> we can start whenever you guys are ready. I, I kind of assumed Chance was going to, like, join us. And that just didn't happen. Chance is joining us. He's just playing League of Legends. He's strangling the rabbit. Dear God.